Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Yeah, I'd say so. I feel like I'm gonna be good. I know Lance. Lance is moving along pretty nicely. I mean, he just needs needs to clear up what he's got going on. Carlos got a little break, and and you know he's feeling good now. So I think that you know we just have our little build up here the last month, and, and then we're, we're all ready to go. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I am David Hall with Bruce Levine until 11 o'clock. That was the voice of Lucas Giolito talking about the White Sox rotation, getting healthy in time for the playoffs. And the score hotline is sponsored by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And that is where we find our friend Steve Stone, the great NBC Sports Chicago analyst, and also a big help here every day on the score, talking White Sox. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm fine, David. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Sox did not have a great night, and there hasn't there hasn't been a lot of great news as as it pertains to injuries. But also, uh, and that's why it's good that you're here. Provide some context here in terms of our should we look at these as injuries in terms of having Lance Lynn. Lucas Giolito, Tim Anderson on on the injured list, or is this orchestrated rest that will do the the Sox, you know, is the best thing for them at this time heading into the playoffs? Well, you certainly can't orchestrate injuries because that would be probably against the ethics of baseball. So they're obviously injuries. Uh, they're not they're not particularly serious injuries. However, they are nagging injuries and. Uh, I think that Tony Larusa has been clear, having won 12 division titles to this point, he realizes that the healthiest team going into the playoffs is the team that's going to come away with, uh, with with a pretty good run into October. And when you take a look at what's going on in the American League, at this particular point, you'll find that there is one team, and that is the Tampa Bay Rays. They are eight of their last ten as far as wins are concerned. They also have the best record in the league. Right now they're probably the team that's playing the best baseball, maybe the best team in the league, but that'll be determined by the playoffs. There's seven teams that are 6-4 and four in their last 10, which means that um, the Sox, who are 6-4 and four in their last 10, 
haven't really lost any ground, and that's 10 clicks off the schedule, nine-and-a-half game lead. So I don't think that there's, there's going to be worry time at this point. But you want to make sure that these guys get back. Tim is essential to the ball club. We know the pitchers are essential to the ball club. In fact, uh, the pitching staff is what kept the Sox afloat through all of those major injuries, four starters down for a lengthy period of time. And it was the pitching staff going out there every fifth or sixth day, depending on off days. That was the thing that kept this team afloat. Well, the pitching staff has taken a few dings recently, and and I expect that uh, Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn will come back. And when they do, the staff will be fairly well reassembled, and I think they're going to be strong going into the playoffs. And assuming that they can wrap this thing up sooner rather than later, uh, they'll be able to get exactly the rotation in the playoffs that they want to get. Steve Stone, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse. We're here for you every week between 9 and 11, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball on the score. Steve, help me with with these numbers out, okay? Um, We hear an awful lot about the White Sox uh, having the worst record among the contenders for the playoffs against plus 500 teams. But in analyzing these numbers... They've also played the fewest amount of these teams. So they're 29 and 33 against teams with 500 or better records. But because their division is so average to well below average, they haven't played as many. For instance, Tampa has already played 85 of those type of games. Yankees have played uh, 85 of those type games. Boston, 88 of those games. So what do we make out of those numbers when we look at the White Sox against plus 500 teams, and if they're up to the uh, ability and the chore to win against these teams in the playoffs? Well, look, having been involved in professional baseball for 52 years, I believe you make nothing of those numbers because when the playoffs start, those numbers don't mean a damn thing. You just set them aside and say, okay, it wasn't the greatest year against plus 500 teams, and now go get them. The hottest team wins. We've seen the Cardinals win win the the World Series with an 83-win team, and I pretty much guarantee you they were under 500 against 500 teams that year. We've also seen a lot of wild-card teams win the World Series, and I pretty much guarantee you they were under 500 against 500 teams. Once the playoffs starts, nothing really matters except who's hot, who's healthy, and who's able to string together solid baseball and get 11 wins. That's what it comes down to because – Let's assume that the White Sox win the World Series. Do you think anybody's going to care how they did against under 500 teams during the season? Let's assume that they get knocked out in the first round. Everybody's going to say, well, they couldn't play against plus 500 teams. It's not relevant. relevant. What is relevant is will the pitchers throw well? Will the defense come together? Will they be able to catch the ball behind the plate, which is uh, normally a good thing, and uh, – Will the hitters start to hit? I like having Grandal back because he gives his team a little balance from the left side. I'd like to see Hernandez hit a little bit better. But uh, Tim at the top means a great deal to this team, and when he comes back and he's healthy, it's going to look like a better a better offense, certainly. Steve, big, pic- big picture question for you, and it might be difficult to put too fine of a point on it, but when you look at the overall impact that Ethan Katz has had on this pitching staff, How would you describe it to people? Well, look, uh, let me describe it by first giving some accolades to Don Cooper, who for a long time was a very good pitching coach. 
But there's another voice that came in when Ethan came in, and a guy with instant credibility for a couple of different reasons. Number one, he had a wonderful pitching staff at Harvard-Westlake in Los Angeles, which included Lucas Giolito. Number two, he helped design that shorter arm swing, which took Giolito from one of the worst pitchers in baseball to one of the best. And also, he's got a pretty good idea about um, less is more with these pitchers. I don't believe that he sits on every slider, every changeup, every fastball. I think he gives him his overall philosophy, and it's basically simplistic motion. In other words, get a motion that's repeatable so that you can have control. He's worked wonders with Dylan Cease. If you look at this year with Dylan Cease, it's really been uh, – it's been a coming-of-age year for him, and I think he owes a great deal of it to Ethan Katz. I think he's helped uh, young pitchers, certainly. I mean, Lance Lynn is on his own program. Uh, Dallas Keuchel is on his own program, and we know that he's really struggling now. But I think overall, you'd have to believe that he's been a plus-plus influence on the pitching staff. And I think one of the reasons why the staff has been as good as it has been this year is that Ethan Katz has done just a great job. He's able to pick out flaws very quickly. He's able to go out. I think you notice more times than not when he goes out to the mound to say whatever it is he's going to say, the pitcher picks it up and does pretty well after that. So you can't load him up with too many things, but when you go to the mound, that's actually an art form as far as pitching coaches are concerned. What should I say? What shouldn't I say? Leave him with something positive and and then hopefully he gets out of whatever jam that he's in. I think Ethan does it very well. And uh, he learned a whole lot as the assistant pitching coach with the San Francisco Giants. I think the Sox are very, very happy and very lucky to have him here. Steve, uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, uh, uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, Lucas Giolito said that he has to change his mechanics because of getting lazy and uh, not following through with his pitches and that he feels it's, there's a good chance that because of that violent leg kick and move backwards that he does throwing his fastball at times, that he might have caused this uh, injury to his hamstring by getting lazy with his mechanics. How difficult is it, knowing uh, your 11-year career and your Cy Young award-winning season, how difficult is it to, to just change your mechanics you know, three-quarters of the way through a season? Well, I think Lucas completely changed his mechanics one offseason. I don't think he's going to completely change his mechanics. He was talking about pretty much having flexibility in that front leg, his landing leg, and he was talking about the fact that um, uh, if he has some flexibility, he's not going to go up against that stiff front leg, which maybe jars his delivery at the end. It really, it's a it's a micro adjustment that I think that he'll make, and I think that he'll just be fine with it. But it's one of those things, you know. He is not the most graceful of fielders, as we found out. Uh, Lucas is throwing the ball real well, but you know when he goes after a ball, especially especially a little tapper like that, um, sometimes you hold your breath. Uh, again, you know he's not Dallas Keuchel on the mound. Uh, as far as his defense is concerned, but I think he'll work it out. I think when Lucas comes back and he is healthy, I, I think we'll see pretty much the same pitcher. It's going to be, like I say, a micro-adjustment. You're not going to be able to tell too much. Talking with Steve Stone here on the score inside the clubhouse until 11 o'clock. Steve, Andrew Vaughn struggling a little bit. I think he has had a terrific rookie year, but since about the middle of August, power numbers are down, 0 for 4 last night. I wonder this. I wonder... 
with as many more options as the Sox might have from the left side of the plate with Gavin Sheets back on the team. Could you envision them either resting uh, Vaughn or platooning him more against right-handers? I think they're very happy with what Andrew has done. You know, it's a learning process in your rookie year. I think what he's done is absolutely remarkable. When you consider it, and excuse me, very few ball players are asked to one come up to the major leagues. Obviously, we have a lot of rookies that play, but almost without exception, those rookies are not asked to play a position they never played before. So not only has Andrew played left field, and he's played it pretty well. He's also played right field. He's also played second base. I mean, this is a guy that's a lifetime first baseman, yet he's having to adjust to different positions in the same year where he's learning to hit major league pitchers. So right now what happens is the league has a huge backlog on Andrew Vaughn and what he's doing, what he's not doing. They're not giving him a whole lot of pitches that he hit very well the first half of the season. They're starting to work him over, and that's what happens. And Andrew's a smart hitter, but he's a young hitter. He's going to learn what these guys are trying to do with him, and then he's going to come back uh, and be a whole lot better for it. As far as going forward is concerned, I'm all for Gavin Sheets in the lineup against right-handed starters. Not all of them, but a whole lot of them. He gives the Sox exactly what they need, left-handed power. We've seen it time and time again. And so uh, I think he's probably ready for prime time. We'll have to see just how ready Gavin is. But I think he's a threat when he's in the lineup. I think right-handers especially have to pay attention to him. And uh, there's, you know, there's a world of possibilities. But Andrew is going through what just about every rookie hitter goes through. Uh, the league has probably made two or three adjustments to him at this point. Uh, every time they make an adjustment to him, he's going to have to make an adjustment back. And now, obviously, we're under the microscope because you're talking about very few games left for this season. And they are they're pitching pretty tough to Andrew Vaughn at this point. Steve, uh, when you look at uh, Grandal, we know he's, he's a good catcher. He does great framing. And uh, he's back and healthy again, which is a big, uh, important part of uh, them going forward. But from the... Uh, the overall view of watching playoff baseball, how how essential is his bat to be in that lineup from the left side, especially uh, when you know how tough pitching gets when you move into playoff baseball in the postseason and when uh, you know that uh, the right-handers can basically be pitched to by, by really good right-handed pitching? Well, I think anybody who's swinging from the left side is essential against a tough right-hander. I mean, you're talking about some guys and the guys that the Sox will play in the playoffs. These guys are the top-of-the-line starters and the really good relievers in the bullpen of their respective teams. And, look, right now it looks like Tampa Bay, Houston, the Yankees certainly, and probably the way Boston's playing, um, they've got a really good shot at especially getting Chris Sale back despite having COVID rampant on that team, they're still playing really good baseball. So assuming that it's them and somehow Oakland just dies out of it, uh, they're they're only winners of four of their last uh, 10 games, and so they're not playing their best baseball, finding them at this point uh, on the outside looking in. Um, let's assume that it's the, the five teams we're talking about with Boston and the Yankees as the wild card. Uh, you're going to face a lot of really tough right-hand pitchers. Uh, all of these teams have them, and, and that's going to be the case. Uh, so Grandal becomes very much important because, number one, 
If you don't pitch to him, he will take a walk, meaning he's on base to be driven in by somebody else. But if you do leave something out over the plate, he usually hits it pretty hard at this point. Uh, He worked out his mechanics. I think the leg is fine. I think he's going to catch the lion's share of the catching in the playoffs. And then, uh, you know, we'll have to see exactly exactly where he fits and what he's doing. I I like the way he's been swinging the bat. I like the fact that uh, his on-base percentage continues to be astronomical when you look at his batting average especially so he's he's important to this team steve you know we love to debate the lineup decisions by tony larusa and the media and certainly Sox fans that's a that's a favorite sure. hobby of, of the summer so <laughs> that's part of it, it yeah it, it's all part of it and, and luis robert has come back and he's been so hot and he's so much fun to watch and and we asked ozzy Gian this the other morning on mully and haw and to get his perspective as well where would you bat him ideally? Against lefties, does he bat second? Against righties, does he drop lower from Ancada at second? Or where is the most ideal spot? When Tim Anderson comes back and you have your, your idealized White Sox lineup, where is the best spot, best spot for Luis Robert? I wish I could tell you. I don't really know. Anderson's going to be leadoff, and then you can pretty much mix and match after that. I mean, you know, if you if you go with uh, – if you go with – Luis in the second spot, then you're facing four straight right-handers at the top of the lineup. You're facing Tim, you're facing Luis, you're facing Jose, and you're facing uh, Eloy. That'll be the first four. And, you know, we've talked about the fact that uh, guys with uh, with well-placed fastballs and hard sliders uh, from the right side, those guys get a lot of right-hand hitters out anyway. But um, I don't know if I'm locked into the two-spot with him. I do think that he is going to be down the road a prolific run producer. I don't think right now we've seen the finished product because quite obviously he hasn't played that many major league games. But he is going to be a star. There's no doubt about it. I don't think you can go wrong with uh, with wherever they place him in the lineup. But, uh, you know, why don't you tell me who's going to start against him and I'll tell you where to put him in the lineup. <laughs> you can't tell me who's going to start against him because they don't know. Let's wait and see who starts against the Sox. Then we can figure out where Luis best fits. David and I appreciate your time, Stoney. I can't let you go without uh, giving you some accolades about uh, you and Jason being named the best broadcast team uh, among the 30. What, what are your thoughts about that and uh, you know, just working with Jason and enjoying each and every game? Well, there's no doubt that um, we bring a unique style of broadcasting. And the one thing that I can I can say is, Number one, there's some wonderful broadcasting teams. Those guys in San Francisco are just great. The Mets are just great. I mean, you look up and down. Uh, Tampa Bay has wonderful broadcasters. My former partner, Dwayne Stats. There's a lot of guys that are really good at what they do. And I think a lot of guys who professionally approach each and every game to the best of their ability. But the one thing that I can say about Jason and I is that we don't sound like anybody else. You can listen to the broadcast for one out or two outs and realize that even if you don't recognize the voices, you know that's our broadcast because it's unique. There's nobody like us, which is something that you strive for as far as uh, a broadcast is concerned. You try to bring a certain amount of education, which we do. We bring some levity, which we also do that. You bring some insight and you, you bring some lighter moments because there's a lot of downtime in baseball. In some instances, baseball is the toughest sport to do because you've got, at times, three and a half hours to fill, and uh, you've got to do it and bring everything to the table. You have to 
keep viewers interested, even when the team is not doing particularly well. I think Jason and I do a nice job at that. It's wonderful to work with him. He's a great broadcaster, going to continue to be a great broadcaster regardless of what sport he does. Uh, Hopefully he'll be with the White Sox a long time. I tend to think that he will be, and we'll see. But thanks, guys. I, uh, I appreciate the time. Have a good rest of the show, and I'll talk to you down the road. Congratulations, Steve. You're the best. Steve. Thank you. Yep, you're the best. Steve Stone, NBC Sports Thanks, Chicago, Sox uh, analyst, score expert, and just all around good guy joining us on a Saturday morning, Bruce. And uh, that was terrific to get the Sox perspective from the best in the business. When we come back, more White Sox talk here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling a little... Or a lot. (laughs) Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast inside the clubhouse here chicago sports radio 670 score with bruce levine i am david haw talking baseball till 11 o'clock like we do 52 saturday mornings a year bruce great conversation 
with Steve Stone. I got to follow up. I got to ask you about your response because you asked a really good question and you, you asked a question that I think is on the minds of every White Sox fan who is concerned, and maybe even White Sox critic would be a better way to put it, maybe they're one and the same, the record against 500 teams, the, the record against teams that are winning teams, teams are going to see in the playoffs, and how those numbers either inform or project playoff success. Bruce, I think it's a good question. I think it's a fair question. I was a little surprised that Steve Stone said, you know what, those numbers, to quote Stoney, don't mean a damn thing. And that well, interesting. He, yeah, he's uh, he's sitting at the table with a big stack in front of him. Okay, if it's a card table and we're playing poker, he's got the biggest stack because the the, the White Sox have a nine and a half game lead, so they're going to the playoffs, right? Uh, regardless of the record against plus five hundred teams, they're going to the playoffs, and he knows, like we all know, that it's the hot team that gets into the playoffs, not necessarily the team that has performed the best against the best teams. He's right about that. But I'm, I'm asking you, David, the, the White Sox have only played 62 such games, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I think that's important when you look at this because the Yankees and uh, the uh, Tampa Rays and the Red Sox have all played – in this order, Tampa 85, okay. that's 26 more than the Sox. Right. Uh, the Yankees 85, 26 more than the or 23 more than the Sox, and uh, Boston 88, 26 more than the Sox. Uh, so, and all the other playoff contenders, even Toronto, 91 of those games, um, and uh, Seattle 70 of those type of games, all over 500. Uh, against teams that have 500 records. So, um, again, is it because of the White Sox division that they don't have a better team, better record in those type of games? You got to consider that as well. I mean, you can't control who you play. And if 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 you're asking me this morning, on September 4th, Saturday morning, with the White Sox, you know, still – Still having in, in the midst of, of a season where they are 78 and 57, Bruce, to check a box, yes or no, do you agree with Stoney or do you, do you go the other way? I'm inclined to go more that they don't mean as much as, as maybe some people are afraid right. that they do because, you know, you've seen it so often, Bruce, and his, his points about the Cardinals are good ones. You, you get a, if your starting rotation is, is peaking at the right time, if you get a hot streak from Lynn Giolito, and Rodon in in a series, it's not going to matter what you did in July or August. It's not going to matter that you you know we're bum slayers to use the word that is a, a commonly heard when talking about the White Sox. So I would think that I would think that I tend to agree with Stoney when he said this to your question. Well, look, having been involved in professional baseball for fifty two years. I believe you make nothing of those numbers because when the playoffs start, those numbers don't mean a damn thing. You just set them aside and say, okay, it wasn't the greatest year against plus 500 teams, and now go get them. The hottest team wins. We've seen the Cardinals win win the the World Series with an 83-win team, and I pretty much guarantee you they were under 500 against 500 teams that year. We've also seen a lot of wild-card teams win the World Series, and I pretty much guarantee you they were under 500 against 500 teams. Once the playoffs starts, 
Nothing really matters except who's hot, who's healthy, and who's able to string together solid baseball and get 11 wins. Say it a little louder for the people in the back, Stoney. Look, uh, David, I, maybe I have some better numbers for you. Okay. The White Sox were 13, 13 and 12 in July. They were 16 and 12 in August. Okay. So that, uh, and one and one so far this month. So what it points to is their better months were earlier in the season. Okay. The pitching has not been as good, it hasn't been as healthy. Okay. So maybe that. That supports exactly what I was getting to and what Steve said because he said the hottest team is the teams that are going to be the most scary going into the playoffs. I agree with him. But unless your pitching is healthy and ready to go, you're not going to be the hottest team, okay? The offense is only going to carry you so far. So once they get those guys back, then I think both his way of looking at it and mine – will be answered uh, very well. I don't think there's okay. a wrong here right now. I, I, I tend to agree with that, okay? You can see it both ways. Dr. L- okay, Bruce, Dr. Bruce. So tell me this. Let's go with another direction. We, we talk about the, whether or not the, the record versus 500 teams or not matters, and I think it's all sort of related. Stoney's also talked about, and I think that we, we would agree with this, you want to be healthy going into the postseason, so you take your foot off the gas a little bit, and you have this orchestrated rest that we have talked about. But does it concern you at all, Bruce? The White Sox have such a different, different performance level at home versus the road where you could maybe justify playing and going all out as Larusa might be inclined to do to get that home field advantage because you are a different team. You do have a higher batting average by 10 points, 258 at home, 248 on the road. You hit 94 home runs at home, 69 on the road, and your team ERA is 3.54 at home compared to 3.99 on the road. Are those things worth chasing or preserving, or is rest the ultimate priority? It's a really great question because you want to be – you want to have that first series at home, so you want that record to improve, uh, so you don't get passed up uh, by Houston. Uh, you're gonna Tampa is gonna have a better record than anybody, so they're auto- automatically gonna have a home game. But you you want to have that second best record, so you have the ability to to have a uh, the home series in the NLDS. Um, I I I don't know. Um, I mean, this is probably. A lot of a lot of teams, a lot of cities would love to have a nine and a half game lead, totally. and worried about where people are going to end up yes. uh, hosting or not hosting right now. There's only there's only a couple teams, uh, Milwaukee and the White Sox, that can uh, have those conversations right now. Bruce, that's the fun of it. That that's why it's so much fun, kind of getting getting these different opinions on okay whether or not the White Sox are are going to be. Uh, you know, bump slayers going into the playoffs and whether that matters or what does their home versus road record mean going into October? You know why? Because we're going into October and here we are the first weekend in September, Labor Day weekend, a good mile marker for the baseball season and the White Sox, they're relevant. They are the fourth best team in the American League whom you might have the best collection of talent when healthy in the American League. You, You could say they're in a World Series or bust Type, uh, type of mentality, and it's fun to consider what happens next. That is why we're here. That's what we're talking about until 11 o'clock. More baseball talk when we come back with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw. This is Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 
Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score with Bruce Levine. I'm David Haw here until 11 o'clock talking baseball, Cub Sox, and everything going else, everything else going on around the league. Bruce, just to close the loop, and I know that um, we have talked uh, about this White Sox thing with, uh, with Stoney and had a lot of fun kind of debating back and forth. Our loyal listener, Mark Gonzalez, longtime uh, Chicago Tribune beat writer, covered both World Series champions in town, by the way. One of the few guys, only guys to ever do that. He points out Steve Stone was part of the 1971 Giants team back in San Francisco, his rookie year. They were 9-3 and three against the Pittsburgh Pirates in the regular season, and then they lost to the Pirates in the NL Championship Series, three games to one. Maybe... Maybe that left an indelible impression that, you know what, what happens in the regular season doesn't always translate into the postseason, and it left a, a, a deep impression, and that's the only one of many examples to point to what happens in the regular season doesn't always carry over. Oh, I, I agree with that. I, I'm just looking at the White Sox right now. That's, that's all I'm concerned with. I'm not concerned with their record against uh, good teams at this point. I, I agree with Steve that – if your if your team is healthy and it's playing good baseball, you got as good a chance as anybody, regardless if you're playing away or at home. Uh, you know, I think there's been uh, six wild card teams that have won World Series over the years. So, from that perspective, uh, you know, you know it is the hot team. But I, I'm, my concern for the White Sox is getting these guys healthy and prepared right. to pitch in the playoffs. So. You know, Giolito's going to miss one or two starts. Keiko, um, um, with Lynn, one or two starts. Rodan is still nursing, you know, that shoulder. You see him going out there. Uh, the, the great thing is that he's learned how to, to pitch so well that he's getting people out and pitching five innings, throwing 92 and 93, not the 98 that he was throwing uh, earlier in the year. So there's there's some good signs. And, and Dylan Cease... It has come on to be one of the top pitchers in the game already with, I think it's seven or eight uh, double-digit strikeout games this year. He has been phenomenal lately. So it's not, not all doom and gloom. I just look at try to look at the reality of the situation right now. Who are the White Sox right now, David? Who are they going to be in three weeks, you know, when we're getting ready for the playoffs? Uh, actually, four weeks from now because the playoffs end, uh, begin uh, I think the 4th or 5th of October. So from that perspective, my only angst for the White Sox is not not whether they played 500 or better against good teams, but are they going to have those competitive pitchers at full strength when they start the playoffs? Good question, Bruce. Totally understand that. White Sox back in action tonight in Kansas City against the Royals. Ronaldo Lopez on the mound. For the Cubs, they go Back to Wrigley Field this afternoon, 121st pitch. Kyle Hendricks against the Pirates pregame here on the score with Zach Zaidman at David, 1245. I, I got one, one thing to say. If the playoffs started today, Dylan Cease would be your number one pitcher. Okay. Bruce. Rodan, Rodan would go in game two, and Lopez would likely go in game three. Well, is that because Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito are on the injured list or because you think of Dylan course, Cease I'm has done? Of course, I'm saying if it started okay. today. They don't start right, today. And, and, and because Keuchel has been wonky to say the least, okay? Do you want Lopez or Keuchel out there to start game three today? Final, final word the on Keuchel. The playoffs today. Hey, David. No. Oh, 
The playoffs yeah. starting today. Today? September uh, at, at 7.20 It's starting tonight? today. Is All it right. Cease, Rodan, and Lopez? Are those yes. your three starters? Okay. Yes, because Dylan Cease, to your point, and it's a good one, he has come a long way. 24, I think, of his 29 starts, Bruce. He's allowed three runs or fewer. The consistency that has eluded him, he has found somehow this year because of maybe some little adjustments. Maybe he's just good, better above the shoulders. He's always had the stuff. And he's got the stuff now. I said in April, if you remember one of our bold predictions, I said that Dylan Cease was going to be your game one starter for the White Sox in the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to be the case. I hope it's not the case because that would mean Lance Lynn's not available. But the overall point is a good one. Dylan Cease has become reliable as a starting pitcher for the White Sox. And that's, that's great to see when production meets up with potential. You know, you know what I love when radio hosts are right and they remind people that they were. <laughs> and, Bruce, and you, you let me down that road. A, now you smack you me did in the face. Sen- okay. You did a sensational job of doing that just now uh, because we didn't, we didn't, you didn't, we didn't go back to get the tape. But no, in reality, next week. Uh, you know, this is, and uh, this would be. Uh, you know, the situation right now. I live in the, the here and now world, okay? Okay. I mean. Yeah. I, I know. I know. I mean, I, right I'm now you're, I, counting, you're counting on two injured pitchers to be at their peak when they start. I'm hoping and I'm assuming, I hate to use that word, uh, I'm assuming that they will be at their peak when, this, when these playoffs start. But right now you're dealing with two very essential injured pitchers. Context changes weekly, if not more often. In sports radio every five minutes. Exactly. Well, every five minutes in sports <laughs> talk radio. We'll be back after this, and we'll change our context and our opinion. Uh, uh, so, Bruce, let's, let's take a step backward and, and take the 35,000-foot view of Major League Baseball around the league and in the game. And this week, odd to see this. I needed to get to this because I know you've been paying attention, and every baseball fan should. September 8th, that is Wednesday. That is when the newest class for baseball's Hall of Fame will be inducted. Why on a Wednesday? And who among the class? Derek Jeter, Ted Simmons, Larry Walker, and Marvin Miller. Those are the four members of the class of 2020, which will now be inducted in September 8th of 2021. What stands out about that class to you, Bruce, and how close will you be paying attention Wednesday? Well, look, uh, Ted Simmons has been a longtime friend of mine. I'm thrilled for Ted. And Jeter, what can you say about Jeter? Um, he, got, uh, he is your everyman baseball player who got every little bit of um, talent out of his body to become one of the great players. Not the greatest talents, but one of the greatest players in baseball history. When I say player i mean he wasn't a great uh physical shortstop he didn't have a great arm he didn't hit a lot of home runs he didn't hit 300 every year but what he did do was uh, accumulate 3,000 hits play and and lead as the captain of the yankees four world series teams uh six teams that went to the seven teams that went to the world series uh when you say Derek jeter's name the next word that comes up is fill in the blank, David. It's winner. Winner. Yes, winner. sir. And that is what the 
game is all about. That helps us segue into uh, me asking him a question about uh, the other day he was on a uh, uh, on a Zoom call, and I asked Jeter the question about what is and what has always been most important to him. I think what people need to understand is is there's there's the most important thing when you're playing is to win. And, I, and I've said this before. I don't know if you've heard me say it before. Probably not. But I think one of the things with that that uh, is an issue for you know some players nowadays is you know you go to all these showcases, right? And it's all about how hard you throw, how fast you run, how far you can hit it. And then when you get players, you need to teach them how to win. You know, winning is something that you have to learn to do. It doesn't come easy. You know, there's a way to do it. There's a way to play the game, and there's a way to be unselfish. So I think, you know, one thing we try to do in, in our organization, we try to teach everyone how to win. And that's a process. It takes a little bit of time. But um, I think people need to understand that the ultimate goal is for you to win. Derek Jeter, the consummate winner, the pride of Kalamazoo, and one of the greatest Yankees ever, talking on earlier this week on Wednesday about his induction into the Baseball Hall of Fame and, and what it takes and what he values most. Bruce, that's a good question, and what a terrific answer. Well, uh, again, he was not the most talented guy playing out there. There were other guys more talented than him. He just happened to, to have a baseball IQ of over 200. You know, I mean, it was through the, through the sky, and his work ethic uh, and his determination to win and be a team player was off the charts. So... When you look at Derek Jeter, uh, you, you have to have nothing but admiration for the fact that he was everything that the game is about. Um, what, what I wanted to ask him, and I didn't, and I'll ask you, David, is where does baseball find the, the next Derek Jeters out there to be able to come up and be able to be signed at a high level, to be able to be developed, and uh, to get into the games now when we see the uh, anti-Derek Jeter groups out there mostly in the, uh, in the launch angle era that we're in? It's a good question. I don't know that um, you're going to find somebody that epitomizes you know, just the class and the winning uh, approach and, and willing to sacrifice certain things about you know, his game throughout the way. Uh, so I, I, he, he's rare, and he's going into the Hall of Fame because of that rarity, because of how how unique his skill set and approach and mindset is and, and was for the Yankees. But when you say that, Bruce, I think you also, you're talking about a player who spends the entire career with the same organization, somebody who plays at a high level and wins championships, plural, with that organization. And I, and I have to say this, I'll, I don't want to, without looking at the numbers, but the same kind of idea, what you're talking about, the intangibles matched with, the, the batting approach, the, the skill at the plate, and the championship aura that surrounds him. Tim Anderson comes to mind. I mean, Tim Anderson in Chicago has a chance with the White Sox to spend his entire career with the team that drafted him, win multiple championships, win multiple batting titles, be the kind of winner and be the, I don't want to dare I say, you know, comparing him to a Hall of Famer, but be Chicago Jeter in a way because of his, his longevity here potentially if he stays healthy and he continues the arc in which he has started. Well, I, I think that's an interesting premise uh, because you're right. Anderson has some of those skill set uh, that Jeter had, and that is um, yep. he's, he's not going to hit 40 home runs, but he's going to hit 15 to 25. Um, 
He, he makes all the plays in the field, and his energy is an important part of White Sox winning. Uh, look at the, the team record when he's not on the field uh, as opposed to when he's on. There's a big difference. So um, we're light years away from him being going into the Hall of Fame, but he certainly has credentials that if he continues to play at this level and be the leader on his team that he has been, that he can go there. Uh, we should probably spend a, a minute, and we got a, a minute or two left, yep. talking about Marvin Miller, who had uh, probably the most impact on baseball of any man in the history of the game, more than Babe Ruth, more than uh, Judge Landis, more than uh, any great player or executive in the game of baseball. And the reason for that is uh, he took the players out of uh, being servants into being uh respected guys who have the strongest union in that's ever occurred in the, in the United States of America uh, as far as benefits and uh, being able to continue to make uh, the most money in their field. Uh, he was just a brilliant man, a brilliant leader, and uh, somebody uh, that should be admired, probably not by all the owners and the previous owners that had to deal with him, but the reality of his impact, not just on baseball, David, but on all sports and how people get paid. Well put, Bruce. Marvin Miller, Ted Simmons, Larry Walker, Derek Jeter. That is the 2020 class of the Baseball Hall of Fame going in, inducted on Wednesday, 2021, because of the pandemic. Bruce, and before we get out of here, breaking news on the score is brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo, privacy simplified Wilson Contreras, the Cubs have announced, is coming off the injured list. He will be activated today. Keegan Thompson placed on the 10-day injured list with right shoulder inflammation. David, uh, we have Steve Stone to thank. We have Adam Stadzinski to thank. Special thank you to Mitch Rosen, our boss, for helping us with Steve Stone as well. Uh, People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. Also, I write on our website every day on 670thescore.com. Enjoyed it very much, David. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Bruce. 1245 pregame, Zach Zaidman, Cody Decker, noon down the line, 11 o'clock next. Mark Grody, thank you for listening. Inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.